0: Okay, for our first message this morning, it'll be brought to us by Mr. David Hope, and it is entitled, The Wisdom of God's Holy Days. Thank you, Mr. Whit, and good afternoon, everyone, and everyone that we can't see, that we hope and feel and think are up here out in nowhere land, or not nowhere land, but out in Internet land, I guess you'd say TV land or whatever. You know, after uh, being at the feast of tabernacles or any of us going to feast of tabernacles, seem like any message after that is just kind of anticlimactic. You know, what do you do to top the messages? And and uh, but it's always good to be back, be home, and uh, uh, the wisdom of God's holy days. And someone asked me a little earlier, "Are you going to talk about all of them?" No, I'm not. Maybe other than just the overall reference to it. But most of us have finished participating in the last of the Holy Days of God, the Creator God of this year. We've just finished up the Holy Day season, the Feast of Tabernacles. And in about six months, we will be starting over again, a new year, and observing three Holy Day seasons, or three Holy Seasons... Made up of seven holy days, annual holy days. Six months really doesn't seem like a long time, but by the time Passover gets here, the winter months have taken its toll on us, the problems, trials, and everything else. Most of us will be ready for the spring holy days and starting over again in God's plan. And uh, according to the little card I have, the Passover this. Next Passover will be April the 19th, 2019, and usually I'm ready for spiritual uplift by that time, and I think most of you from hearing conversations, most of you are ready for uh, that also. God in his wisdom spaced his Sabbaths and holy seasons in a way that is best for mankind. Just think God knows what he's doing, and He spaced out his holy days and his Sabbaths for the best of mankind. We must diligently study and observe them to receive the greatest benefits of life. And we know that the longer we've been around. We know that the better we observe that, the better life is. God knows that we humans need periodic breaks in our life and vacations out through a period of time and I say vacations, I've heard people in the past some of them have said well you know the Feast of Tabernacles is not your vacation, well I'm sorry what would you call having a good time, what would you say having a ball and eating and drinking and all that what do you call that if that's not a vacation back in those days when God instituted the Feast of Tabernacles and his holy days that was basically the only time the most of the people, the farmers in the aquarium society, got off. And it was a vacation. I'm sorry. <laughs> you might not want to call it a vacation. Call it whatever you want. But, uh, of course, and I'm not saying that that's just, you know, there, there's other things along with it. But I'm going to briefly discuss, and, and good thing uh, I didn't realize that... Uh, we didn't have the, the scriptures on the board up here. Rick said he sent out an email. I didn't get it either. that or I don't know how to open it or something. But anyway, uh, fortunately, I didn't have many scriptures anyway. Uh, so it just, you know, I don't, I don't know, coincidence, probably not a good thing to say. But anyway, I didn't have a lot of scriptures anyway. So, you know, it's not really going to matter that much. I'm going to go over to Deuteronomy 14th chapter and just read briefly over there. And now everybody uh, here, and even at home, will have to use your Bibles. Uh, you know, we got spoiled. It, it was really nice. I was uh, kind of hesitated when we first got the thing. I thought, well, what are we doing, you know? How, what's the purpose? You know, we brought the Bible, but, you know, I, I got to depending on it. And sitting in the audience out here, uh, I don't have to turn. The only time I would really open it up and turn to it is if, well, I want to see something. Oh, well I, well, I didn't realize that, or, or, you know, just want to... Uh, see a little more, so I got spoiled myself. But Deuteronomy, the 14th chapter, and verse 22 through 26. And I'll just briefly talk. You shall truly tithe all the increase. Okay, let me just back up just before I get into that. Um, I, I mentioned that, that we have our vacations and, you know, and our thing. Well, here, God has made a way. People say, Well, I can't afford that. I can't afford to. To, to take off for the Feast of Tabernacles. But God has made a way for us to do that, to keep that. Deuteronomy 14, verse 22. You shall surely tithe, and we don't talk about this very much any, you know nowadays, but uh, it's still valid. You shall surely tithe all the increase of your seed that the field brings forth year by year. And you shall eat before the Lord your God In the place which he shall choose to place his name there, you know, God places his name at different places on the feast, you know, for the Feast of Tabernacles, and and one of the places was right here in this particular building here, a group, you know, uh, a little bit smaller than what ours was in Branson, but, you know, they had a good feast. The people I've talked with had a very, very good and invigorating Feast of Tabernacles. And you shall eat before the Lord in the place which he shall choose to place his name there, the tithe of your corn, so you can eat that, tithe of your wine and your oil and the firstlings of your herds and of your flocks, that you may learn, and this is the main purpose for that, that you may learn to fear the Lord your God always. One of the main reasons for the feast. Not the only one, but one of the main ones that he says. Verse 24, and if the way be too long for you, so that you are not able to carry it, or the place be too far from you, which the Lord your God shall choose to set his name there. When the Lord your God has blessed you, and, and there's a stipulation here, you know, if some sometimes we're not blessed and sometimes we just just you know, it's excusable we're just not blessed and we can't do it. But it says when God has blessed you and, and it's up to us to determine whether we've been blessed then shall you turn it into money, you know. So you can't take a a goat or a sheep or something on an airplane nowadays. Of course, they didn't have airplanes back then either. But uh, you know, it was a little hard for them to take you know some of their stuff that they wanted to eat and drink uh, with them along the dusty trails and all that. It just too far. But uh, then you shall turn into money and bind the money up in your hand and shall go into the place which the Lord your God shall choose. And you shall bestow that money for whatsoever your soul lust after, you know, whatever you really like, after oxen, or sheep, or wine, or strong drink, or whatsoever your soul desires, and you shall eat there before the Lord your God, and you shall rejoice. And I think that's a command. You shall rejoice, you and your household. You know, like I said, I, I can't take a cow with me, and I can't take my deep freeze with the meat in it, but I can take my money, and I can go, and, and, I, and I've mentioned this before. I, I really enjoy the feast for the fact that I like a good steak. I like a good T-bone steak, a good porterhouse which has a little more of the the small tender side on it. You know the porterhouse it looks just like a T-bone to me and I'm not a butcher but Reggie probably knows since he's a Cajun cook or a cook. The the, the porterhouse has a little larger piece on the small side which is more tender and it's bigger on a porterhouse. Is that right Reg? Okay, I'm alright. And uh, the New York strip and uh, uh, this week is a, a sale down at uh, research I'm not giving a plug for it. I'm not on their payroll, but they have their primal beef sale of Thursday, Friday, and today. And I went yesterday and looked at it, and, and uh, I didn't buy too many of them. You had to buy this great big old thing of uh, New York strip steak for $150, and they cut it up to whatever size. But I had some good steaks while I was at the Feast of Tabernacles in Branson. I love that, uh, and I like hamburger meat, too. I like uh, uh, I like French fries once in a while, but anyway, but I enjoy, and I think a lot of you do, too, enjoy the food that we have, and I don't have to worry about it. Uh, God, for some reason, has, has blessed my wife and I for the last few years, and we've been able to go and, uh, you know, to to be able to eat and, and uh, drink and, and to have a good time and not have to worry about it. Uh, almost the same thing, just a few pages over, in Deuteronomy 16, verse 13-15, it's just pretty well, just kind of paraphrasing that, Deuteronomy 16, verse 13-15, You shall observe the Feast of Tabernacles seven days, after that you have gathered in your corn and your wine, and you shall rejoice in the feast, you and your son and your daughter and your manservant and your maids and maidservant and the Levite and the stranger and the fatherless and the widow that were within your gate. So it was something that if you had uh, people working for you, living in your household, uh, you, you would do your best to even send these people there also and so that they would enjoy the Feast of Tabernacles. and. Come back with a high and the, you know, the, it, it's just an amazing thing. It, and I think the younger people can understand that even more. Uh, verse 15. Seven days shall you keep a solemn feast unto the Lord your God in the place which he shall choose, because the Lord your God shall bless you in all your increase and in all the works of your hands. Therefore, you shall surely rejoice. And it didn't tell anybody to be hateful and mean. And then Dick David said, you go and you rejoice. God knows that eight days is the right amount of time for the Feast of Tabernacles. Now, sometimes, I, I've had times where I have wanted to have it a little longer, and I've had times, too, I miss my home. I miss my bed. I miss, uh, I was glad to be there this year, but I, I really missed my zero-gravity chair. I've got one of these, uh, bought it, relax the bed, uh, relax, relax the back company, and anything medical is way overpriced, and that those uh, zero gravity chairs are no exception. I mean, they're way overpriced. If I had the time, I could build one for a fraction of the price. I I could, and some of you could, too, but I missed it this year. I really missed being able to get there and get the pressure off my lower back, but anyway, God knows that, that eight days, and that's that's Been his plan all through the years, down through then, eight days is what he recognized, you know, seven days for the Feast of Tabernacles. God knows that after six months, and going through the winter, we need to start the process over again. You know, why didn't God start the Passover, you know, three months or four months from now? Well, I don't know. It, uh, maybe some of you scholars could figure out the reason, but uh, God, God says, you know, and, and it's not exact, precise, you know, every year because uh, the way the calendar and the moons and all that fall, uh, you know, you could you say roughly six months uh, from one year to another. You know, it'll start a little early some years. Uh, uh, this next year, it's going to be later. Uh, but anyway, God knows that uh, every six months we need to do that. God knows that after six days in the week, we need to be refreshed in the body and spirit. Now, when when I was younger, and when I think some of you guys were younger, men and women both were younger, we didn't really tire out that much. Six days wasn't that big of a deal, you know, for our body really needing to rest, unless we just really had a physically hard day. But... Uh, uh, God knows best, even for young people God knows that young people need to have a rest You know, every six days, seven, you know, seventh day And then, of course, a lot of the uh, people in the churches will say Well, it don't matter, just whatever, every you know, I, I pick Wednesday, that's my day I, You know, I work the other six days, but Wednesday's my day Well, that's not what God wanted, and that's not my subject But uh, I'll digress a little bit But anyway, for our body and our mind, our spirit, both to be refreshed. God uses every seventh day for man to strengthen and to stay close to God by holy convocations. God wants us every seventh day, and I will say the seventh day, and it's not my purpose in this message to give you the proof that, that we're here on the right day. We've done that before. We can do it again. It is the seventh day. It is the Sabbath day. And God has set that apart. And for the, one of the reasons is to hear the word of God. That's what we're hearing today in in, in song uh, and praises and conversation with one another. And another one is to exhort one another. And I had scriptures, but I didn't. I decided not to go into a whole lot of scriptures today. But you know, we exhort one another. How many of you have uh, been exhorted by someone else? You know, in in uh, uh, the Feast of Tabernacles or here at Sabbath services. Uh, it's really hard, and difficult to exhort someone if you're not around them. If you're not there. Now, some people try the email and and the texting but that's really not quite the thing but we can even the the lowest of us uh, i say lowest i mean uh i shouldn't even use that word but uh you know those of us that think that we're not very bright we're not very smart we're not very educated uh we can exhort somebody else in just conversation and not even try we don't even we're not trying to preach at them it just matter comes out i know one time in uh, years ago when I was a younger man had a regular job and and uh, just a friend of mine uh, from the Bartlesville area w- we were talking at church one day and and uh, he was talking about he, he wasn't bragging necessarily but he was uh, you know friend to friend he was telling me how he had overcome some things that, that uh, he was used to doing government jobs on the job and, and if you're working on a in the public for someone, a government job is not a government job. We're the government. You know, we're working on our own project. So, so when we're making things and doing things on the job, nowadays, I guess, if you're on the Internet or doing something else, you know, reading personal emails and all that, that's government work. Anyway, but uh, this gentleman uh, was telling me how he felt guilty about that. He said, this is stealing from my boss. I shouldn't be doing that well, I was doing the same thing, and he wasn't preaching at me. he didn't know what I was doing, but on my job sometimes I'd get caught up and I'd be building and making things on my you know on my boss's time. Well, he exhorted me, and he corrected me, and we can do those same things and that's that's just kind of a uh way out thing but will turn over to the New Testament I've got a couple of scriptures over there and they're really close together also and I uh, determined to not make this too long and usually when I determine not to make my message long it's just as long or longer than what it was before so I quit saying that I <laughs> well I didn't quit saying it because I did say it didn't I okay anyway uh Hebrews, the third chapter, in verse 12 and 13. Take heed, brethren, and that's all of us, lest there be in any of you an evil heart of unbelief in departing from the living God. And I don't know that any of us have uh, any, a lot of danger right now of departing. You know, we're all on a spiritual high right now. We've enjoyed... Uh, the feast of tabernacles we've had fabulous sermons we've had wonderful m- music special music and you know it just really uh, those of you th- of us that went to branson uh, you know to see the young people and the, some of the things that they were doing and the little, little children some of the songs they were doing you know it just really really melts your heart you know i could just imagine how god feels and of course we're like little children to god too especially when we're not rebellious, (laughs) but um, anyway, um, uh, departing from the faith, and and there are people that uh, are in the process of departing from the faith, you know, people, we've seen them for years, we were warned about it you know, 30, 40, 50 years ago. Those that have been around for a long time. We've seen the, the stages that people go through. We've seen people uh, begin to miss services just on an occasional basis. And then we see them do it again and do it more. And then, then uh, more uh, less and less uh, valuable excuses for doing it. And then finally, people just uh, continue to uh, depart all the way from God. and And, you know, this is a warning that we're all... Uh, need to I mean need to heed verse 13. But exhort one another daily, while it is called today, lest any of you be hardened through the deceitfulness of sin. So if we think that you know we're missing out on certain parts of life uh, that is sinful, you know that that can happen. But if we're uh, drawing near to each other and and being close, we lessen those chances. We'll turn over now to Hebrews. Uh, 10th chapter verse 25 or, I'm sorry 22 Hebrews ten, twenty-two. let us draw near with a true heart in full assurance of faith and talking about the faith we had uh, messages down at the feast uh, uh, Matthew still gave one particularly on uh, the armor of God or at least I'm saying that and, and he dwelled a great deal on, on faith. And we've heard these scriptures. I've heard these scriptures. I've read them and heard them myself hundreds of times. Hundreds of times in 50 years, haven't you, Lawrence? You know, we've heard these things. But right close to the end of his message, he was talking about the shield of faith, and and uh, and I may be a little bit off on my paraphrasing what he said, but to me, I got out of the point that, uh, you know you could go to a museum and you see the armaments and stuff of of, uh, of the soldiers and stuff you know the shield and the swords and spears and all that and the shield of faith uh, and correct me if I'm wrong but anyway uh, he painted a picture in my mind of a shield up here that was not shiny and glittering and perfect and real pretty and beautiful that shield of faith had a lot of dings in it and nicks in it and bend places where rocks and stones and spears and things have hit that so same way with us a lot of us that have been around a long time or at least uh, for a while we've been through a lot haven't you Steve haven't, you know, a lot of us we've been through a lot and, and we've carried that shield of faith but you know because of the ding because of the protection because of God working things out uh, you know, uh, we're still here and we're able to take on greater tasks and trials. But anyway, uh, so many times I'd heard and read those scriptures, but I'd never looked at it in that particular way. So, out of that one message, you, you, that may not have been your main thrust, but to me, uh, I appreciate it. I thank you for that because I, I think of that. <laughs> um, John here with a true heart and full assurance of faith. Having our hearts sprinkled from an evil conscience and our bodies washed with pure water, let us hold fast the profession of our faith with the without wavering for he that is or for he is faithful that promised. Let us consider one another to provoke unto love and to good works, and we're able to do that. We're to just you know we can all encourage each other and and it's hard to do it if we're not here we need to be together and there is another in the verse 25 not forsaking the assembling of ourselves together as the manner of some is but exhorting one another and so much more as you see the day approaching and you can put a lot a lot of study just even in the words of, uh, of the assembling and bringing yourselves together. There's a, there's a deep deep uh, message just in those words right there but don't let us not forsake our assembling ourselves together. We are so privileged and so blessed to have a congregation here in, in this area and, and I don't know how the people are uh, out there in the TV land or whatever uh, what their situation is I know years ago when we were still in Worldwide, we had some friends that uh, were in the New Mexico church. We met them in Big Sandy, which were uh, the husband and wife both were schoolmates and my wife and I, They both of them were a year behind me and uh, anyway but uh, we went to high school with them and, and we went out there in the mid-70s uh, trying to uh, go out there and go to work. I was going to go to work in a mill ride or something, but Anyway, but what my point is, it was about 185 miles for them to go to church, one way. And they didn't get to go every week. And we went out there, this one particular summer, I think around 75 or somewhere like that, I don't remember exactly what year, but uh, we drove (laughs) 185 miles from uh, northern New Mexico up about 35 miles from Durango, Colorado, uh, at Aztec, New Mexico, to Albuquerque, and at that time, around the old road, most of it was two-lane road. And, uh, you know, uh, about 185 miles, one way. And, you know, and right now, I'm about a 10-minute drive from a church, you know, 5.3 miles from here. So we're, we're so privileged here. But anyway, we, we must not uh, take for granted what we have. I'm going to conclude. God has a yearly and a weekly method of keeping his people close to him and making our life more abundant and well-being. God has a plan in place to keep us in his good graces and how to make things go. I recommend we start planning now for the next year's Feast of Tabernacles. I know a lot of people find it very difficult, and I understand that. But I, I recommend that we start now planning for the Feast of Tabernacles with the goal of being there for eight days because the eight days can sure make a big difference in how pumped up we can be. My suggestion is if, if a person uh, out there, you know, if you have a problem of, of uh, coming up with the money and most of us don't have that kind of money at laying around on hand, but to open up a savings account or something some way to put money back a little bit at a time and uh... you know ten percent of a person's income and that's what uh... what what god's ideal was is or is is ten percent and that's and, uh... that's over and above a regular tithe but uh... i could go into a lot of tales on a lot of people that have done those things and how God has multiplied those savings that a people had, but, you know, to not even touch that money. And sometimes it's difficult. And I know when when we were younger and had five kids at home and starting a business and, and uh, you know, going through the dumps, dumpster diving, you know, for a loaf of bread or something, that and, and it's really hard to know that you've got, you know, a certain amount of money in a savings account for a piece of tabernacles. But uh, I say it's hard. In reality, we didn't even think about it. <laughs> you know, we didn't even think about it. But that's one good way of of uh, making sure next year uh, you'll have really the best feast of tabernacles ever, and and uh, be able to uh, uh, put a savings back and and uh, not not touch it whatsoever, and, uh, and see how that builds your faith too.